welcome to the College Football Bros. Merry Christmas! And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brains of the podcast. Um, oh, excuse me. I guess that's not really me now, is it? It's Ryan Newman. <laughs> wow. Well, apparently not, because you couldn't get I that I thought I cue. would be the brawn. Okay, I'll give you the brawn. I'll give you the brawn. Yeah. And I'm joined by the eye candy. That's right. That's Trey Newman. So what's your <laughs> angle for giving us compliments? I'm just, it's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. So, uh, okay. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. We, that's actually when we're releasing this episode. We're recording it the day before. Um, so we're pretty dedicated, guys, right? I mean, are yeah. we the most dedicated college football podcasters? Well, we're doing it now and then we're doing it right the day after Christmas. So we're all over it. We're all over we're it. We're all over it. Uh, on this episode, we are previewing the non New Year's Six Bowl games uh, from December 26th through December 29th. And we're also going to release a New Year's Six preview podcast either on Christmas Day, maybe the day after. Uh, but we already have that one recorded. So just make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're going to have a bunch of episodes popping up in your feed. Uh, but let's just start our podcast. What do you say, guys? I'm ready, Mike. I kind of forgot what we were doing for a second. <laughs> uh, bowl recaps. Ryan, get us started. All right. First one we got is the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, UAB in Northern Illinois. UAB dominated this game from the get-go. Tyler Johnston threw a uh, 70-yard TD pass on the very first play to Xavier Ubosi. Johnston ended up with 373 passing yards and four touchdowns against a, a really good Husky defense. Um, so a great 37-13 to 13 win uh, and a great 11-3 and three season for UAB. Just a remarkable year. And then we got moving on to the DXL Frisco Bowl, uh, San Diego State and Ohio. This was another boring game. Uh, the Bobcats shut the Aztecs out 27 to nothing. Ohio had over 200 yards rushing, 200 yards passing, and Nathan Work had three total touchdowns. So with work coming back, Ohio looks to be poised to challenge again for the the MAC title next year. And the Aztecs, I'm not quite sure what to think. They lost four in a row at the end of the year and were playing pretty horrible. So they'll probably bounce back all right, though. Uh, the last game I have here is the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl, FIU and Toledo. This was a good game. We had a back-and-forth game, and FIU was able to pull it out at the end, 35-32. Toledo really had no answer for FIU's ground game as they gave up 236 yards on the ground and four touchdowns, three of them by Anthony Jones. So a great nine-win season for Butch Jones uh, at Florida International. He's really Butch Jones. What? Oh, wow. (laughs) Different Butch. Butch Davis. Butch Davis has got it going down. Wow. (laughs) Can't believe I messed that up. I'm not sure who that's an insult to, uh, Butch Davis or Butch Jones. Yeah, so... Sorry, Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start out with the famous Idaho Potato Bowl with Western Michigan and BYU. BYU won this 49-18. to Now, the stat line of the bowl season thus far came in this game where BYU quarterback Zach Wilson went 18 for 18, 317 yards, and four touchdowns. That's that's the stat line of my life. Like, I've never seen that. It's a perfect that. game. It's, that's, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but it was an odd game because Western Michigan actually led this one 10 to 7 at halftime, but then BYU just blitzed them in the second half. They outscored the Broncos 28 nothing in the third quarter. So this is a good stepping stone for BYU's offense as they head into the offseason. 
Next, we've got Jared Birmingham Bowl, which had Memphis versus Wake Forest. This was an exciting bowl game. Uh, Leeds exchanged, and Wake ended up prevailing 37-34. to Memphis was actually up 28-10 to before Jamie Newman, uh, the uh, really the fourth bro, yep. was yep. – was a one-man show for Wake. He he led them back to take the lead. Memphis scored and actually took the lead back with a minute left before Wake easily marched down the field and scored 30 seconds later. Then, unbelievably, Memphis actually got in field position to tie the game, but after a couple timeouts, made kicks during the timeouts, a false start, Memphis yep. finally barely missed the tying field goal at the buzzer. He totally went to Jared. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, and finally, the Lockheed Martin for Armed Forces Bowl, which had Houston versus Army. Army won this 70 to 14. <laughs> Houston <laughs> Houston acted like they had never seen the option before. I mean, they, they knew it was coming for, you know, about a month. Army dominated in every which way. Their quarterback, Kelvin Hopkins, ran for 170 yards and five touchdowns, including one that's going to be on the highlight reels for all the bowl season. Yep. So great, great 11-win season for Army. Yeah, and uh, news out of Houston, Kendall Bryles is apparently stepping down. And so the Kendall Bryles to Florida State rumors seem to have some legs. Yep. Uh, Two more bowl games to recap. I've got the Dollar General Bowl, Buffalo against Troy. Troy won 42 to 32, and their quarterback, Sawyer Smith, had his best game of the year, 320 yards and four touchdowns. But I'm still thinking next year when Caleb Barker gets gets back healthy at quarterback, it's going to be his job to lose. Uh, But as for Buffalo, they had a chance in this game, three and a half minutes left, down by three, and Tyree Jackson just a real head scratcher. He held the ball way too long, didn't feel the rush, fumbled it. And then very next play, Troy gets a touchdown. And yeah, that was a couple of head scratching plays earlier. He threw that pick. He just, like, yeah, yeah. He didn't have, he didn't have his best game. No, no. Um, so that was it. Good win for Troy. Good season for Troy and Buffalo, you know, Lance Leopold, unbelievable. Uh, Ten wins. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, SoFi Hawaii bowl, Hawaii against Louisiana tech. And Louisiana Tech won 31 to 14. Hawaii wide receiver John Ursua, who had 1,300 yards and 16 touchdowns on the year, was a late scratch. And that was clearly a big loss. Their offense couldn't do anything. They were shuffling between quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, but another reason that the offense struggled was the pass rush of Louisiana Tech, including Jalen Ferguson, Sack Daddy, who is now the Sack Daddy. Of all time, he passed Terrell Suggs as the all-time FBS sack leader. That is uh, quite an accomplishment there. It is. Suggs is still the best, though. <laughs> yeah, you did it in three years. So, yeah. like you said, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, bowl previews. Um, this is part three, right? I'm kind of losing track, but we've got... I think so. Okay, good. Wednesday, December 26th, we'll start with the Serve Pro Respond- First Responder Bowl. Don't want to give any credit to those second responders, so just first responder (laughs) bowl. Um, Boston College against number 25, Boise State, and the Broncos are favored too. What are your thoughts here, Ryan? Yeah, I I really like the Broncos. Um, I think uh, they're better on both sides of the ball. BC, they obviously want uh, to get that ground game going, but Boise's pretty stout up against the run. They give up 122 rushing yards a game, and I think they're going to keep BC under that mark. 
I also think Boise has the the QB advantage. I'll take Brett Rippon over Anthony Brown all day. Oh, yeah. Uh, and BC struggled down the stretch, losing to Florida State and then getting blown out by Syracuse. So I'm going to take Boise and I'm going to make them my jingle bell lock. All right. Wow. I'm going to lean to Boise. I, I think they do have the better offense and their defense is honestly just as good as Boston College's. And and the best player in this game, in my opinion, is Boise running back Alexander Madison. He's averaged five and a half yards per carry and had seven touchdowns against pretty good competition in, in his last four games. Yeah, I mean, I we're all in agreement. So I'm going with Boise State. I think you guys broke it down well. Uh, pretty much it just comes down to what you said, Ryan. I, I trust Rippin a lot more than Anthony Brown. Uh, he's He's made a lot of progress this year, Anthony Brown. He was just a sophomore, but still got a little bit of a ways to go as a passer. Yep. Quick lane bull, Minnesota against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's favored five and a half. What are you thinking here, Trey? So I like the Golden Gophers here. I know it's Paul Johnson's last game and the Yellow Jackets would love to send him off with the victory, but I think Minnesota's going to make that tough. Minnesota, they finished the year six and six, but in order to get there, they won two out of their last three with their wins coming against Purdue by 31 and at Wisconsin by 22. So they rallied to get bowl eligible. They're going to be pumped to play in the bowl game after missing out last year. Um, and down the stretch, the Gophers relied on Tanner Morgan at QB, who was he was more of a game manager, and he really heavily relied on the running back Muhammad Ibrahim. Ibrahim averaged five and a half yards per carry this year, and with a decent game this one, he can go over a thousand for the season. Okay, I'm I'm not as confident in Minnesota as you are. They they did end the season well, like you said, but they're just kind of they're Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they like you said beat Purdue and Wisconsin and a really good Fresno State team earlier in the year. But then they also got blown out against Maryland, Illinois, and Nebraska. So I'm going to go with Georgia Tech. Uh, Minnesota's 76th in the country in rushing yards allowed, 101st in S&P Plus rush defense. And this, I don't think, is your typical Georgia Tech offense. This is better than they usually usually are. They're really, really good. Uh, so I think they're going to score a lot. And I don't think Tanner Morgan and the Minnesota offense can keep up. I'm going to actually agree with Trey here. I, I think Minnesota improved quite a bit towards the end of the year, especially their defense. I mean, Michael, you pointed out some of those games where they struggled, but that was those were earlier games. Um, I think they found some some rhythm on defense, so I'm, I'm going to take the Gophers as well. Okay, moving on to the Cheez-It Bowl, which is one of the best bowl names. Cal is favored by one against TCU. Great bowl name. Not really going to be that entertaining of a game unless you love defense. Two great defenses here two terrible offenses it's by far the lowest total of all the remaining bowl games at 38 and a half it's less than half of the total in the alabama oklahoma game which is crazy um but i like tcu uh i think i have a little bit more hope for their offense right now their new quarterback grayson Mulestein, who started out the season third on the depth chart but he's played well in the last couple games and and really i just i trust gary patterson a lot more than I do Justin Wilcox. I feel like I'm one of the last remaining holdouts on Wilcox, still not sold on him. Even though you read the national media, it seems like everyone's talking about him as this great up-and-comer, and he might be, but so far his teams really haven't been much better, if at all, than Sonny Dyke's teams. It's just it's just flipped. The defense is yeah. great, and the offense is bad now. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Michael. Um, I think these teams are, statistically, they're pretty similar. 
Um, but I, I just think TCU, they're a little more battle tested, you know, coming out of the Big 12. Um, and I don't know, you, you talked about the trust factor. I just trust TCU more than I do Cal at this point. I've seen TCU do it, but Cal's, eh, jury's still out. I'm kind of with you on that. I'm going with TCU also. And one thing to note is since Mielstein has become the quarterback, they won two good games and their offense showed a little bit of life. And last nugget, Gary Patterson, Patterson, 6-0 and all-time versus the Pac-12. Hmm. Nice one. Nice fact. Thursday, December 27th, we have the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. Temple's favored three and a half against Duke. Who do you like, Ryan? I like Temple here. They won six out of their final seven games with that lone loss coming at UCF where they competed pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dukies, on the other hand, they've been outscored 94 to 13 in their last two games. Yes, one of them was against Clemson, but 59 to 7 last week, or not last week, last game against Wake. So that was, uh, that one doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence. Oh, no, that was very, that's bad. Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, and Duke gives Although up. Although going up against Newman, you know, that's, that's always tough. That is true. That's true. Um, Duke does give up more than 220 rushing yards a game. So I think uh, Raquel Armstead, uh, Temple's running back, he's going to have a big game and uh, lead the Owls to a victory. Completely agree. But uh, I want to bring up a tweet from a listener at Christfam Knowles. He was listening to our discussion, I think a few episodes ago, about uh, the worst bowl game locations. And he threw Shreveport, Louisiana into the ring, which is... yeah definitely in the running i think fair yeah that's yeah a- never been there but i don't hear good things <laughs> exactly uh, sorry if there's any listeners from there um but yeah i, I like temple uh, i think i also agree that raquel armstead had a great year running back and i think he's gonna have a big game here he's supposed to be healthy which is important if you're gonna have a big game yeah. um and i think that's trouble for duke who was 69th in rushing nice. S&P plus defense yeah not nice though not nice yeah so i'm gonna reluctantly reluctantly disagree and take duke even though temple's interim coach is super fired up which i hope you guys saw the (laughs) video of that out there yeah i did i like cutcliffe a little bit better and he's gonna have time to get daniel jones and duke ready for this one so i'm i'm holding on to my seat and barely taking duke is reluctantly reluctantly could that be like a almost a double negative are you like confident in it no well don't answer that. That was the rhetorical. Uh, New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Miami is a three-point favorite against Wisconsin. Trey, how pumped are you for this game? Wow. I, you know, off the charts, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is a rematch of the Orange Bowl from last year. And it's it's a fitting matchup of two teams with high aspirations going into the year and both flopping really bad. Yeah. Jack Cohn is going to burn his red shirt and start the bowl game as Hornybrook hasn't been able to get back. That's that's shocking in itself. So bad. Um, There must be something we don't know with that situation. Like maybe he's planning on transferring next year anyway and using the red shirt or I just don't know, but it seems crazy to burn a red shirt in a meaningless bowl game. It's pretty baffling, but uh, Miami they actually did finish the season well, winning their last two games in dominant fashion, while the Badgers really sputtered. And I also like the matchup for Miami because they have a very good defense and they'll need it to slow down Jonathan Taylor because outside of him, they have nothing. And Travis Homer and the Canes, I think, are going to have more of an offense than the Badgers and they come out with the win. Okay. And and your, to your point about the Miami defense, Manny Diaz is coaching in this game, so that's nice for, for Miami. But... I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I actually think their offense is 
significantly better than Miami's offense. They at least have a good running game. Jonathan Taylor is only 11 yards away from a 2,000-yard season here. And one of the big reasons I like Wisconsin is Gerald Willis, second-team All-American on Miami's D-line. He's out for an injury in this game. So I think that's a huge factor. I think Wisconsin's O-line is going gonna, is gonna to dominate. Yeah, that's a good point, Michael. But to me, the, the real main key for this game is that Alex Hornibrick will not be playing. So... <laughs> That's a huge advantage. Oh, wow. For who? For Wisconsin. For Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to take the Badgers. Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. Baylor against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's a four-point favorite. Good quarterback matchup here. Charlie Brewer of Baylor against Kyle Shermer at Vandy. But Brewer is going to be without one of his best weapons in this game, Jalen Hurd, of course, the former running back at Tennessee. Uh, he's got a, a knee injury. Of course, now he's wide receiver. Um, speaking of of running back transfers, though, one guy to look out for in this game, Vaughn, Vanderbilt yeah. running back Keyshawn Vaughn transferred from Illinois, and he was the SEC newcomer of the year this season, led the SEC with seven yards per carry and really came on late in the season. So I think he's going to have a big game against a pretty bad Baylor defense. And I just think Vandy's the better team. They, Their record is because they had a brutal schedule. Five of their six losses were against teams that are currently, or at least were in the top 25 of the final committee rankings. So give me Vandy, and I'm going to make that my jingle bell lock. Yeah, Michael, like you said, Keyshawn Vaughn was was great, especially down the stretch. And and Baylor, they were last in the Big 12, giving up over five yards per rush. So I really like how how Vandy finished the season. So I'm going to take the Commodores. Yeah, I've been going back and forth on this game, um, but I, I, I'm going to. I think I'm going to agree with you guys. I mean, they're both six and six, but Vandy six and six looks a heck of a lot better than Baylor's. So, and I like Kyle Shermer a little bit more than I like Charlie Brewer. Uh, so I'm going to take I'm going to take Vandy also. Okay, we've still got a few more games to go over, but let's uh, let's take a little break, and we have our one and only segment, a top five list from Trey. Okay, let's get this started. It's the top five funniest or most ridiculous bull names of all time. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start out at number five, and it's the Salad Bowl. <laughs> which was played in Phoenix back in the 40s and 50s. The wow. the salad bowl. They had salads back then? What? <laughs> Did they have salads back then? <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, if you ask me when were salads invented, I have no idea. Isn't it a sort of relatively uh, newish thing? How do you define a salad anyway? <laughs> That's a whole different question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good we're off the rails. Go, keep going. Number four, Trey. <laughs> Number four, the Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl was mm. in... Uh, 2016 and Battlefrog just doesn't really make sense with what the actual product is. It's an outdoor fitness and obstacle event organizer. Be a little unfair if TCU was in that game. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I mean for a prestigious bowl game to have it be sponsored by Battlefrog is a little, <laughs> it's a little <laughs> weird. It's a little weird. Number three, the Duck Commander Independence Bowl. <laughs> They're a manufacturer of duck calls and hunting apparel. Nice. That's that's pretty bad. Ryan, that's cool. Ryan, who would who would have the unfair Oregon. advantage there? Oregon. Oregon, clear advantage there. True. Good point. Number two, the Cherry Bundy Tart Cherry Boca Baton Bowl. Boca Raton <laughs> Bowl. Yeah, easy for me to say. That was last year, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was an actual 
whole game. It's the specific, <laughs> yeah, because now they just called it Cherubundi, but it's the specific dr- flavor of the drink, Tart Cherry. Yeah, they went all out. <laughs> now, number one is a combination. It's all of the bowls that, were play- that have been played in Tampa and St. Pete lately. They all tie. We've got the Magic Jack St. Petersburg Bowl. The Beef O'Brady's Bowl. That was the best. I loved the Beef O'Brady Bowl. The Bitcoin St. Peter's Bowl. And now the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. That's actually good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Those are good. Yeah, very nice, Trey. I remember Michael's song that he was... Or the the song that we had. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't go back and listen to that. We sang a song, and it was bad. Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to do that again. Included a few of those bowl game names. Uh, okay, good good list, Trey. Uh, back to our previews. Friday, December twenty December twenty eighth, we have the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Purdue against Auburn. Auburn's favored by four. What are you thinking here, Ryan? You know, Purdue had one of the most up and down seasons that I've ever seen. It they were extremely hard to predict week to week. Um, one week they're killing Ohio State. The next week they're getting killed by Minnesota. So. Just you don't know what you're going to get, but I think they're going to be up during this game. I, I trust David Blau and Rondell Moore to come up with some big plays more than I do Jared Stidham in that Auburn offense. Plus, Purdue, they did seem to play their best uh, in their big games. They played three ranked teams this year, and they beat them all by a combined 48 points. So I think they're going to be ready to go, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Purdue. So I'm actually going to go with Auburn. Uh, last year, they lost to UCF. And this year, Malzahn wants to go into the offseason with more of a high note. While I do like Purdue's offensive firepower, I think Auburn's D is going to do a good job of slowing them down. And I'm taking Auburn. Yeah, Auburn's there. Even though a disappointing season, the defense was definitely not disappointing. They were very good this year. Rufus Peabody, who is a professional better that I bring up a lot on this podcast, one of the creators of the Massey Peabody ratings. Uh, he says one thing the betting market does in bowl games is overvalues the current season's performance and undervalues preseason prior expectations. And he doesn't just say stuff like this, like he's actually empirically tested it. Uh, and obviously, Auburn's prior was dramatically higher than Purdue. So I'll go with them. Nerd. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Camping World Bowl, number 16, West Virginia against number 20, Syracuse. Syracuse is favored by one. What do you think, Trey? Well, this game lost a bit of luster when Will Greer announced he wasn't going to play. Yeah. But yet, even with Greer not playing, the Mountaineers are, you know, right there hovering around an even one point dog against a ranked Syracuse team. So that tells me something. So I'm going to stick with West Virginia. Syracuse doesn't have as high-powered of offense as the top, top Big 12 teams have, even though I do like what Eric Dungy and Mo Neal did this year. I just think Syracuse benefited from a a weaker ACC schedule and some bad non-conference games to rack up the wins. And then they were completely exposed in the 36-3 game against Notre Dame. Granted, Notre Dame's really good. But uh, but I'm going to stick with West Virginia here. I'm going to disagree. Uh, you know, in a pick 'em game, I, I got to take Eric Dungey over a guy who's thrown uh, 10 passes all season. Uh, I think the Qs, is, they're going to run all over them, uh, and I think they'll win this one relatively easily. Yep. Uh, and not only is Will Greer sitting out, but so is their all Big 12 left tackle, Yadni Kajust. And Syracuse is seventh in the country in sacks per game. So whether it's the guy you mentioned, Ryan, uh, whose name's Jack Allison, or I think they also have a freshman, Trey Lowe. 
bit more of a dual threat who could possibly play. Uh, Whoever it is, I think they're going to be under a lot of pressure. And for that reason, taking Syracuse. Valero Alamo Bowl, number 24, Iowa State against number 13, Washington State, who is a three-point favorite. So I like that Iowa State's defense is 23rd in the country in S&P Plus pass defense. But a bit of a problem is two of their top four corners are questionable in this game. So even if they do play, have to think they might not be 100%. They didn't play against the Drake last game. And it showed. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, the other concern is that Iowa State's offensive line is is not good. I think that's the thing that's holding them back from becoming, you know, a truly, I don't know about great, but a truly very, very good team. Um, because, you know, David Montgomery is an NFL prospect, and yet he's only been av- able to average 4.7 yards per carry behind that O-line up against Big 12 defenses. Um, and then against the the pass they they surrender a lot of pressure too um the drake was even pressuring brock purdy last week he took a ton of sacks this year so washington state's pass rush i think is going to have a lot of success uh all signs point to the kooks for me all right um well this game was it's a pretty hard one to pick honestly um but there's two reasons why i'm actually going to take the cyclones uh the first is because in their last three bowl games the last few years wazoo has scored just 20 12 and 17 points so their offense seems to kind of disappear come bowl time um and they lost they actually lost two out of those games they won one of them um but the second reason is because the pac-12 sucks (laughs) that's that's not very nice but it's fair might be fair but it doesn't make me feel any better i'm sorry just kidding i don't i'm not a conference pride guy remember we're not conference pride guys yeah i i hate conference pride too but (laughs) just because we're not sec fans (laughs) <laughs> yeah true yeah. not not that we're I'm, not fans of the sec i just mean our teams aren't in the sec right i love the sec right i'm just worried that washington state is a little disappointed to be here after missing out on some of those bigger bowls and obviously the the loss in the apple cup and but on paper this is one of my favorite games to to watch i'm, I'm still yeah. gonna pick washington state as i like Minshew and this like like you talked about earlier michael with the cyclones didn't exactly play well or inspire much down the stretch Yep. And I will say here, even though I like Washington State, I'm going to be very high on Iowa State going into next year. They only start five seniors uh, across the offense and defense. And of course, Purdy was just a freshman this year. So I think they've got top 15 potential next year. And Campbell's coming back. Exactly. That's crazy. That's the big thing. Good for the Cyclones. Yeah. The Belk Bowl. South Carolina is favored five and a half against Virginia. Who do you like here, Ryan? Yeah, I'm I'm going to take the Gamecocks in this one. I think they have a significantly better offense, uh, and I really like the way they finished the season. Um, you know, I know they lost a total of five games, but to really good teams. There was Georgia at Kentucky, A&M at Florida, not Clemson. So brutal those, schedule. Yeah, it's brutal. All of those teams are a lot better than Virginia. Uh, meanwhile, the Cavaliers, you know, they went seven and five in a super weak ACC, and that's without having to face Clemson. Um, so I think, um, your boy, Jake Bentley is going to have a huge day and, uh, mm-hmm. Gamecocks are going to win this one easily. I agree. It does hurt that Debo Samuel is, is sitting this one out, but Brian Edwards, Shai Smith, they weren't far behind him in terms of, of receiving yards this season. So I think the offense should be fine. Not coincidentally this year, their O-line was finally not terrible. So I think that's the reason Jake Bentley was finally able to have, you know, a really, really good year. Uh, but the big problem for South Carolina this season was the health of the defense. 
but they are getting a couple guys back for the bowl game defensively, most notably Bryson Allen Bryson Allen Williams, one of their best linebackers. So I don't see a big game from Bryce Perkins taking taking South Carolina. Clean sweep. We all like South Carolina. But I, I, I don't always like saying it, but I, I really think that Muschamp needs a win here just so he can gather some positive vibes in the program. He's he's kind of maybe trending towards the hot seat and I really like uh, South Carolina here. Virginia was too shaky down the stretch. So I'm actually going to lay the points with South Carolina and make them my jingle bell lock. Well, Trey, you talk about the hot seat for um, Muschamp, but we already know 2020 Billy Napier is going to be South Carolina's head coach. So I forgot. Yeah, I we mean, don't need to worry about it. Why are we even having the discussion? Last game of the podcast, we've got the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Arkansas State favored one and a half against Nevada. Trey, what are your thoughts? So Nevada's leading receiver, McLean Mannix, announced he was transferring to Texas Tech. So that's not going to help the offense, obviously, in this game. For Arkansas State, Justice Hansen, he was on fire during their recent four-game win streak, yeah. completing over 75% of his passes with a 12-0 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. Can you even call it a ratio? Is that just undefined? I don't even know. We need to ask a math guy. <laughs> now, I do like Nevada's improvement under Jay Norvell from his first season to his second, where he went, for, he took him from three wins to seven wins. And I think Ty Ganji, their quarterback, um, was is pretty solid. But Ganji and Hanson, they're going to exchange scores. So I'm going to take the, the point and a half with Nevada. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Arkansas State because of the way Justice Hanson's been playing. This is his last game, last game of a really good career. And he's playing so well that I'm going to give the listeners some advice. I think they should oh go to Nova Home Loans, <laughs> get a second mortgage, and bet it on Arkansas State. Wow. That's great advice from Michael. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Actually, you know what? Do that in the Franklin uh, American Mortgage Music City Bowl, too. Why not? <laughs> okay. That's your first mortgage. Your first mortgage is that, and then this is your second. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to actually go with Trey here. I'm going to take Nevada. Um, they got a really good linebacker in Malik Reed. He had eight sacks, uh, and then they had another good player on that D line in Corey Rush. Oh, that's a great name for a D lineman. Yeah, right. So that's pretty good. Um, they were both first team all Mountain West, uh, so I think they're going to be able to to hold Justice Hansen in check um, and get some pressure on him. Okay, that does it for our week three, our week three, <laughs> we, part <Yeah>. three <laughs> previews of our bowl season. I know, I do wish. Uh, time for the questionable finish. Ohio State quarterback Tate Martell tweeted a message presumably directed towards Justin Fields that said, word of advice, don't swing and miss, especially not your second time. Ouch. What would be your subtweet to a rival podcaster? I'm going to say something to the Tony Kornheiser show here. Whoa. Yeah. I think it's time to let the new wave of podcasters take over. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Let's just stop with PTI while we're at it. Um, <laughs> Kornheiser's all right. I, I don't have really anything against him, but my God, Wilbon, would you just <laughs> shut up already? Like, <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, he wants everyone else to shut up about analytics. Yeah, he's, he's the worst. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for me, it's since we're kind of a scrappy underdog right now, I think in the uh, college football podcasting world, I would tweet... Word of advice, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Oh, I like it. I went more like, we're, we're already a big dog on the block as opposed to someone coming up and, and being a rival. So <laughs> I, I, would say, I, I would say something like, you want to go up against a juggernaut? 
and then just have it would be like a, I would attach like a meme to it where it would be some you know some like high school girl just raising her eyebrows or something. Oh, okay. All right, maybe we'll tweet. Maybe we'll tweet that, and people are gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" (laughs) (laughs) Michigan quarterback. (laughs) I'm sorry. Michigan quarterback Shea Patterson announced that he's returning to school next year. What would you like to announce you're doing next year? So I took this for granted and didn't even entertain him going pro. So I would like to announce that I will be eating food, sleeping, and drinking water next year. Oh, wow. Shots fired at Shea Patterson. Uh, So I would like to announce that I'm going to visit Ryan's apartment in L.A. Oh, really? Never been there. 2019. That's the year. Well, you're not welcome. Oh, okay. Um, I would like to announce that I'm going to try and get back into the the coaching, the basketball coaching world. I, I sat this year out and uh, kind of missed it. You know, it's, it's going on right now. It's the thick of the season, and that's the time where it's fun, a lot of fun. So I'm going to try to get back into it. You sat the year out. You did some media, some some. It was football related media, but you know, yeah, exactly. You know, podcasting. Just keep my name in there. Yeah. Okay. We are releasing this episode on Christmas Eve, so. Hopefully Santa is on his way, but tell me one reason that you might be on Santa's naughty list, and I will go first. This weekend, I was at Target, actually ran into Trey there, which is weird. Yes. <laughs> uh, but at the display of iPhones, I went on to two iPhones and gave our podcast a five-star rating. No, you didn't. I did. I did. That that's, is... That's pretty good. Wow. It didn't show up, though. It didn't show up. I, I looked, so I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work. Huh. <laughs> so... I gotta apologize to Santa. I I love cookies. I eat cookies almost every day, so I have to apologize to him for eating too many of his own cookies. Fair enough. What kind of cookies? Lately, it's been the lemon Oreos. Ew, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, that does not sound good. But I don't discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for me, I would have to say because I may or may not have regifted a gift that was uh, intended for for me ooh yeah care to are you gonna are you gonna tell us what it was well actually if I'm being completely honest it was uh, for my wife and it was like a um, kind of like a soap and foam almost like a bath and body works type of gift why did somebody get that for you it was for my wife but I just said hey why don't we use it for this person oh oh you bought the gift for your wife but then decided to give it to somebody else <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But if I bought, wow. if I, <laughs> it's not, it's not too bad. I bought two of them. So, okay. but you know, if you buy, get one, you get the other half off. Gave them both to my wife. It's like, hey, why don't we just regift this and give it to somebody else? All right, Trey. I hope you like that gift uh, from Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Apparently, so <laughs> it's not not for you guys. Thank you very much for listening to part three. Part three of our bowl preview series uh again be on the lookout for a few more episodes in your feed this week uh after that we will be taking i think a week break just just a week long because we're all going to be on vacation and whatnot so hope everyone has a uh, a good holidays and keep an eye on your feed you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, 
And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.